from everybody, and it is, it is opening day part two. The return of Mad Max, the Nationals and the Mets tonight, free on Apple TV. Streaming worldwide at 7.05, followed by the Dodgers. And on the Colorado Rockies, and that game will come up right after, which will be right on about 90-ish, they say. We know that's going to be, they're going to get late to that one. Uh, broadcast is because Apple TV either is lying to people or something because if you look at the schedule, they've got the Dodgers and the Rockies going at 4-10. Well, that's not what I said. They've got Houston Los Angeles going on Apple TV at 938. Okay, well, that's... Uh, Did they flip it? Well, let me look because that's not what it says here, but let me go back and look. Who so, knows? I mean, they flip these things all the time. Yeah, so. oh, hang on. I... I want to make sure we get it right. And I just don't know at this about a minute ago. Clearly, something's going on here. Um, you can sing, Chris, if you'd like to take me out to the ballgame. Uh, I'll be uh, looking at Apple TV tonight. Uh, yeah, MLB.com says watch Astros Angels free tonight on Apple TV. All right, well then, that's what we'll watch, is the Apple TV. Well, actually, if you remember, uh, last year uh, when YouTube had it, the only place you could watch it was on YouTube. So, there's that. Let me... Let me have... Uh, hang on one quick second as we do a little thing here. So, Chris, we've got yesterday. What was uh, in the opening of the baseball season? What did you see that uh, you thought was interesting? Well, I felt bad for you, Darvish. You know, he goes out there, he throws six no-hit innings, uh, he gets pulled because nobody wants to run up pitch counts. You know, with the short spring training and everything like that. Mm -hmm. uh, he leaves with a two-nothing lead. It's still two-nothing. After seven, and still two nothing. After eight, uh, they go and they bring in their closer, who's making his major league debut. Brilliant move here, right? Yes. What could go wrong? You bring in a guy making his major league debut on opening day in a game where you've given up nothing in eight innings. Here's how his outing went: walk, walk, wild pitch, hit a guy. They took him out. Then they bring in another uh, former name from the Nationals bullpen, Jim. They brought Frank Stammen. I remember Craig Stammen. Who promptly threw a wild pitch. Well, that sounds about right. So then instead of being 2 nothing, it's 2 to 1. Stammen faced one more guy. And, and what can only be considered something that you have seen in Hollywood, he faced Spear. What? On National Beer Day. Well, there you go. I can't make this up. You could, but Stamen, you're not. Stamen threw two pitches. One was a ball. The second one ended up in the seats. So, Darvish throws six no-hit innings. Just a little bit eight. outside. Yes. Excellent decision. As a rookie who had 13 advance in a career, over a national day to give the Diamondbacks a 4-2 victory. Uh, it's not Dodgers. It, I just changed it. It should be... The Angels and the Astros and Stephen Nelson, Hunter Pence, and Katie Nolan will be calling the game tonight. So, anyway, Apple TV, you don't have to have a subscription. It's free. 
Uh, you do have to download it if you um, if you have a streaming device uh, like the Roku or Apple uh, TV. Well, if you have Apple, you probably have it. Um, or if you have um, stream, uh, you know, uh, Fire Stick. So any of those devices will get it to you. You can download it on your phone. You can download it on your tablet. You can download it on your computer. Uh, so Apple TV Plus is where you get it. And like I said, you do not have to have a subscription. All Friday night baseball games will be free. Okay? So. Michael's already willing to move to San Diego to throw in the bullpen. Hey, why not? It can't be any worse than Robert Suarez uh, or Stamen, because like I said, he threw a wild pitch and then, you know, uh, proceeded to watch the other one, next one get driven into the seats. Okay, well, that's the kind of look that you Darvish is going to get. You know, he gets traded to San Diego, but he struggled in the second half last season. Turns around, he throws six no hit innings, he throws 92 pitches. Bob Melvin comes out, takes him out. They bring in Tim Hill, he gives up two hits in the seventh, and they still don't get any runs. And you go to the closer, who apparently the only thing he can close is your chances of winning. Uh, like I said, two walks and you plunk a guy. He threw 15 pitches, four of them were strikes. Um, so in that inning, in the ninth, Andres pitchers threw 17 pitches. They walked two, they hit one, they threw a wild pitch and gave up a homer. Pretty uh, consistent. They threw, yeah, they threw five strikes in the end. We'll see, they were consistent. They, they, um, you know, they're in a very giving mood. But when you throw two wild pitches against five strikes mm. and get nobody out against a team that went 52 and 110. Yes. It, it doesn't bode well uh, for the San Diego Padres. You know, the Diamondbacks finished with three hits, but they benefited from seven walks. I just uh, don't see. That's more important than in the ninth. I just don't see, and I know a lot of people are on San Diego as the team that are going to challenge the Dodgers. I don't see how. I didn't see how before last night. I don't see how. I just don't see the pitching. Where the hell they get the pitching? Well, I mean, they've got decent pitching with Without Tatis in that lineup, you're looking at a lineup they started Austin Nola, a catcher, hitting leadoff yesterday. That is Machado and Cronenworth. Cronenworth isn't bad, but he's not a guy I would prototypically put in a three-hole. Then you got Luke Voigt, who you got from the Yankees. Uh, then you got Will Myers, who's overpaid. Then you got Eric Hosmer, who's overpaid. Then you got Jerks and Profar, who was a hot prospect, what, seven or eight years ago yes. in Texas and never really panned out. Yeah, otherwise he'd still be in Texas. Yeah, then you got High Song Kim, who they got from Korea. He was the high point yesterday. He had no hits, but he, he did score both of San Diego's runs. Uh, he drew a walk, and uh, he stole a base. And, so, I mean, good for him. And then Trent Grisham is hitting ninth. Okay, now Nolan. Well, that lineup is going to scare anybody, besides Machado. They got Nolan as the catcher, right? Yeah, Nolan, yeah. Right. Austin Nolan. Austin? Uh, Aaron Nolan's brother, right. I think. right. There's a, there is a problem here, and that is he can't catch. If you've seen him play, the ball seems to tend to go by him from time to time, more often than not, frankly. So, it's kind of like Bob Uecker when he talked about the right. knuckleball. You wait for it to stop rolling, and you go pick it up. <laughs> you go pick it up. Uh, why? I mean, I, I guess I, I don't know. Somebody in the, in the, in the San Diego Padres uh, front office is – is a little whacked out, so. But 
Before we get to the fun stuff, we got fun stuff coming up. Let's go with our buddies at Caesars. Now, Caesars has got a new deal, and that is bet insurance all the way up to $1,100 on your first-time wager. All you have to do, basically, it's very simple. You go, you open your account, you basically place cash in there, you make your first bet, and if for some reason it doesn't work out, you lose, well, they got bet insurances all the way up to $1,100. So if your bet is anywhere between you know, $10 and $1,100 and you don't win, then they got you covered. They're going to give you another shot at it, okay? Now, you have to use our promo code, which is right there as it scrolls by. And, you know, basically all you have to do is go to the show box below. Read all the information on how to do it right there. The only thing you need to know other than that promo code is, of course, that you have to be 21 years of age to participate and always, always, always bet responsibly. Okay, so that's what we got coming up from our friends at, you know, at Caesars. And we love the folks at Caesars. So, all right, baseball, been very, very good to us. And um, yep, Let's hit some of the comments first, Jim, we get, okay. before we get into it all. Sure, go ahead. Ryan asked about playing the favorites by one and a half runs instead of prohibitive money lines. Well, if you know that the guy that's pitching for you is facing a mediocre guy on the mound, sure, I mean, obviously they want to pan down in some of the games yesterday. Obviously, you know, the Mets in Washington uh, with that punch and Judy lineup that the Nationals rolled out. Uh, like Jim said in the pre-show, unable to generate the key hit when it mattered. Uh, you can go that route. If, uh, I wouldn't do it all the time because it's just like the puck line. You get a very fickle number. And God knows if you have a bullpen like San Diego's, you can turn a win into a loss in the blink of an eye. Uh, because, hey, they were cruising and would have won on the, the run line last night until that ninth inning. But, yeah, it's definitely an option you can take. Uh, as for the Phillies, Phillies get Oakland today, Jim. What do you make of that? Uh, are in Philadelphia or in, in Oakland? It's in Philadelphia in about, an, about a little less than an hour. It's Frankie Montas, who apparently hasn't been traded yet. I like the Phillies uh, at home. Yeah, go on, I guess Aaron Nola uh, in the retooled Phillies lineup, you know, with yeah. Bryce Harper and Schwarber and Castellanos and JT right. Real Muto and at the bank. They're playing at Citizens yeah. Park. The, um, the, the plus for the Phillies is they got some guys that can hit. The bad yeah. part is, can anybody from the Phillies field? Now, you know, in that place, you know, this time of the year, though, the ball doesn't travel as far because it's chilly. But, you know, I, I do think the Phillies, the Phillies are going to be tough to beat this year. Um, Ninja uh, and, uh, let's see who else, and Ryan had the Reds yesterday, guys. Yep, the Here's, Reds got the better of Max Fried. I'll they give did. And, and look, it's 162 games, all right? Nobody's going to go 0 and 162, and nobody's going to go 162 and 0. And, you know, good on you, Ninja, and good on you, Ryan, guys. You know us, right? When we lose, we, are not, we don't hide from anybody. We just give you a nice tip of the hat and say, you know what? We give you the best information we can. You know, and sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. We win more often than not, but you know what? Good on you guys for winning last night, okay? Because that's all, that's all. We're here to give you information. 
And if you win, yep. good. That's good. You're not gonna. Yeah, I crush the numbers. I don't play. I can't play the game for these guys. Right. This exactly. isn't uh, like playing MLB in the show or uh, right. out of the park baseball on the computer. Um, and like Michael, uh, when, Jim, let me ask you this first: Would you have pulled you Darvish yesterday after six innings with a no hitter in day? He threw ninety-two pitches. Uh, would you have taken him out? In what inning? That was a sixth inning, though, wasn't it? He threw. He threw six. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because here's the thing. Uh, I don't want you, Darvish, to get a no-hitter and then in two weeks be on the DL because he threw his arm out in opening day. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if it was the ninth inning or the eighth inning, no. But if it's the sixth inning, yeah. I mean, his pitch count was up there. Darvish is good. Darvish starts to, to wane around the north of 85 90 pitches, if you look at his stats. So, yeah, I'm going to pull him. And it has nothing to do with not wanting to see him get a no-hitter. It has to do with wanting to see him pitch again next week. See, I probably would have leaned, I probably would have let him get to 100, maybe 105. But, I mean, if he had given up a hit leading off the seventh, like I think Hill did, then mm-hmm. I would have him. But, you know, I, I figure, you know, he's, he, and now if you look at it, can you trust anybody in that Phillies or in that Padres bullpen? No, but I don't think they knew that whenever they took him out. <laughs> Otherwise, they'd have probably left him there. Um, but there was a one more. I mean, we've seen numerous cases where in the eighth and ninth inning, managers have pulled pitchers with no hitters. True. So I think yesterday, uh, Michael has a stat for us. Pretty interesting stat there, Mike. He just initially was seven for thirty-nine. Yeah, so, I mean, that's about where about pitchers would be on that. Right, situation. so I mean, what's the point? And that's the big thing. Everybody's going to think that you're going to have this massive explosion of offense because you have a DH, but if you think about it, most starting pitchers only get to bat once or twice anyway before they get pulled. Right. So you're not really increasing uh, a ton of opportunities for those teams uh, to pull things out. You know, when he was with the Cubs, Joe Madden... Um, batted the pitchers in the eighth spot and batted. And that turned out to be a pretty smart move if you looked at how things went for the Cubs down the, uh, down the stretch over the couple of, uh, couple of years. Uh, that little maneuver uh, gave you basically two leadoff hitters. And it, um, yeah. it worked out well. So, um, you know, the mad scientist has done it again. It was, it was something pretty interesting. But, yeah, now uh, we got DHs who can't hit. So... There you go. But again, uh, folks, it's only one game. Is it a trap? Zach is asking about a three-leg parlay with the Avalanche, the Hurricanes, and the Panthers. He said it seems easy. Is it a trap? Well, I mean, there's always hey, God, that's always you're trap right, Zach. That is uh, that's very tempting. You got to watch out for Colorado. Colorado seems to be playing to the level of their competition. By the same token, you say that about Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Uh, Good for you, Marlo. <laughs> Winnipeg struggled against Ottawa and Detroit. Right. So they might get up for this game against Colorado. Yeah, they might. That would be where I'd be a little bit leery. I mean, Carolina, they were playing the same game of back-to-back. They, like Ryan said just above you, they came back to beat Buffalo last night. After trailing 3-1, they came back to win 5-3. I'm guessing that's why Tim's not here to talk about Sabres for the Cubs since he was at the game last night and watched Buffalo lose. Uh 
Uh, speaking of Buffalo, they'll be in the second game of the back-to-back at Florida. That gave a uh, massive uh, money in the line in that particular situation, which we'll get to. I think the Panthers are rested after that 7-6 win uh, against Toronto the other night in overtime. They should take care of business. If I'm leery about anybody in that stretch, I'd be leery about Colorado because I think Sly's Jets could bounce back uh, with a more spirited performance against a team uh, that obviously has played well all season. Michael's right. Um, you know, Tony LaRusso did start a pitcher hitting in the eighth spot. Um, it was in that same... Right, but, he, but it's for the Cardinals, so it doesn't count. Uh, okay. But, I mean, it, it was after Joe uh, Madden had established it. And Marlo, uh, glad that you slept well. Uh, good to hear. Did Fears. you sleep watching the Pirates? I mean, I'm just curious. Did, that Fears game ago, on. the talk was about some teams going to six-man rotation. Uh, is that thought... To, you know what? Uh, it's a good question, Michael. I, um, Chris, I think... I mean, please weigh in on this. I think what's going on is with um, now that they're doing the bullpen games, right? With um, where they're now going, what they call an opener, right? Uh, I don't think they feel the, necess- the necessity to uh, to go to six starters. Um, and to be honest with you, Michael, I don't know that many teams that have the pitching depth to go with six starters. They can barely yeah, they can much, barely fill five. I think pretty much the only team I know of the last year tinkered with six starters was uh, Milwaukee. Yeah. Because they had Woodruff and Burns and Peralta and then right. Hauser and Lauer and Brett Anderson. Right. Not like anybody wants to consider Brett Anderson a starter at this point because he only averaged about four innings and outing. Right. But uh, they're pretty much the only team that I know of for sure that went with six uh, six starters, which probably kept Burns healthy and, uh, down the stretch and kept Peralta going and things like that. They'll probably stick to it again because, you know, if it's not broke, they'll fix it because now they can stick uh, Ashby in that spot if yeah, they want to. you could. Um, Kebron Hayes hurts him, his right arm. They're signing the biggest uh, contract in, in Pirates history. Yeah, that is kind of a pirate jinx in that regard. Um, yeah, eight years, $70 million, and when he got hurt diving at third base or something. Yeah. Um, I mean, you even look, last year you even had the Dodgers go to uh, a bullpen game and the Giants to a bullpen game. And those are two teams that won 107 to 106 games, respectively. So, uh, you know, it's something Tampa Bay started uh, back with the Rays with uh, Kevin Cash. And uh, those uh, diabolical little guys down there where Steve uh, Kinsella is sitting at the trap right now waiting for something to happen. Um, and it's not gonna for a while, but, but he's there. Um, so, by the way, Pete Methurst sent us a text saying that he would have been on today, but he was exhausted because he didn't get off the air till one o'clock in the morning last night. And he started. Yeah, I can imagine with the rain delay and everything else. They I'm didn't sure start the until eight, They didn't start till eight twenty. There you pitch. go. So there you go. And at Yankee Stadium, the Yankees have just tied the game with the Red Sox. 3-3, Sean Carlos Stanton with a massive 358-foot over to right field. That's the great part about having that short porch at Yankee Stadium is you can hit the ball about as far as you'd hit a whistle ball and it'll get over the wall in right. Uh, seven years, Aaron Judge, seven years, uh, $200 million. Um, I tend to 
Michael, if it were me, and nobody asked me, but if it were me, uh, I think that uh, I don't, I wouldn't sign anybody to a four-year contract. That's just me. Yeah, Cashman said he offered, they offered a seven-year, $213.5 million extension, which paired with the $17 million in arbitration that he, uh, they offered would make it about 230 for seven years. I mean, Judge, he's going to be 30 this year. So, I mean, 30 later this month even, I think it is. Yeah, um, I don't I don't think on the open market my, Aaron Judge is going to get – well, he might get – look, I mean, there's wacky money out there. There might be somebody who pay Aaron Judge north of $250 million uh, and give him seven years. I don't know who that would be, but there might very well be somebody out there. It's not going to be uh, – it's definitely not going to be Brian Cashman, I can tell you that. Did somebody uh, somebody asked me? Do you think Max Scherzer left? Why, why do you think? Oh, I because uh, it was he was going to be a free agent, and um, he had talked to Mike Rizzo, the general manager, and, and Mike said if he wanted, he would try to trade him to a um, a team that had a chance to win a World Series. He traded him to the Dodgers. Um, the the uh, they also traded Trey uh, Turner to the Dodgers at the same time, and that brought them back. The guy who starts as their catcher tonight and uh, last night, one of the guys that many people think is one of the best young catchers in baseball. We'll see how that works out. And uh, a couple of pitchers. So they ended up getting a good deal out of it. So, look, I, I love Max. I wish him all the best. Um, we'll see how that works. But uh, one real quick, because I know we want to get to the – to the, the boards, but the one thing, Chris, on um, when Bryce Harper was out, and everybody thought Bryce was going to get the big, big contract, the mega contract. I mean, Scott Boros thought he was going to get $400 million. And the Dodgers uh, offered him a four-year deal, which would have been paid him the highest amount for you know per year. So in other words, he would have been the highest paid player in baseball on a yearly basis. But it wasn't no, it wasn't anywhere near four hundred million dollars. They were not willing to give him a long term contract. They ended up giving Mookie Betts a long term contract, which was a bit surprising because the Dodgers usually don't give those kind of contracts away. But I, I think, look, anybody's given that kind of money. Um, I mean, Bryce got what three thirty was it at, at thirteen? And he was offered. Three, he was offered three fifteen from the Nationals before they even started the contract negotiation. But with with Boros, you don't negotiate. You basically you he basically you bid, and you don't know if you end up bidding against yourself. Uh, yeah, and then you know Trout got four twenty six and a half. So. Brian, I don't think they could have resigned Max. I think they, you know, I, I just think uh, Max was going to. Uh, Max was going to go somewhere else. I think that uh, he wanted to play. Uh, he actually wanted to play, ironically, in St. Louis. Uh, but the Cardinals really didn't make a push for him. The only There were three teams that made pushes for Scherzer. The Dodgers made pushes for Scherzer on a four-year deal. I'm sorry, um, on a, on a two-year deal. The uh, Padres and Angels both went for three-year deals. But the Mets came in and blew everybody away with a four-year deal, giving them a ridiculous amount of money. And so he signed. So that, there you go. 
But I would like to have seen him sign back with the Nationals, but I, I just don't think that would have happened. Uh, Chris, the Cubs are on pace to win 162 games this season. That's true, they are. Uh, yeah. You know, that was a good game against Milwaukee. Uh, Kyle Hendricks pitched well. I mean, he left trailing, but then they scored three in the, in the bottom of the fifth. Um, and then, you know, Milwaukee tied it up. And Ian Happ then crushed a double that broke the tie later on in the bullpen. Well, Wick was shaky in the eighth, but Robertson actually looked like a major league pitcher in the ninth. You know, he had his first save in a few years, I think it was, because he hasn't really been in the majors. Uh, he had his first save since 2018 when he was with the Yankees. Um, so he leaves the majors and saves. There you go. Hey, Wanda, uh, I'll tell you right now, if the Phillies don't make the playoffs this year, um, that everybody that is a coach, manager, and front office player will probably be fired. This is it. They're, they're, they're pushing all the chips in. If they don't make it this year, uh, look for Joe Girardi and the entire front office to be gone. Because um, one of the things you don't want to do in Philadelphia is lose. We've, the Flyers are getting crucified in the Philadelphia media for it. The uh, 76ers are not what what little bit of the faith that people had in the Sixers is going quickly. The Eagles are on life support, and uh, right now, uh, the Phillies are the only thing that uh, the city of Philadelphia thinks they might have going in their, their direction. So, if they don't make it this year, buddy, uh, you got you got that right. They could be in deep trouble. Well, we got to yeah, go. Yeah, the Phillies had that good go. run from 20, uh, 2007 to 2011, made the playoffs five straight years. They went 102 and 60 in 2011. Since then, they haven't won more than 82 games. They got old, and they didn't replenish the, the farm system. And now they did, but it's not quite there yet. Everybody else got a kind of got you know, caught up to them. All right, let's go to the board, my friend. Yes, okay. Let's go to the board. You want to put it up? You want me to put it up? I'll put it up. It's right there. Okay. And look, it's the Dodgers and the Rockies. Well, let's hope. There it is. Whoa. Boy, there's a lot of stuff there. Yeah, it's because there's all kinds of good information. Okay. Uh, the Dodgers, like I said, went 106-56 last year. They lost in the NLCS to the Braves. They were 48-33 on the road. The Rockies, 74-87. and uh, They were not as good, quite obviously. They did play well at Coors Field. We have that. I mean, Walker Bueller, 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 16 and 4 with a 247 ERA and 0968 whip over 207 and two third innings last year and 33 starts for the Dodgers. Meanwhile, the Rockies counter with Kyle Freeland, who was good a couple of years ago, but was just 7 and 8 with a 433 ERA and a 1417 whip over 128 and two thirds innings and 23 starts. Uh, the Dodgers won the season series last year 13-6, to and they went 7-3 at Coors Field. Some pretty good numbers there. Dodgers finished fifth in the majors last year in runs per game at 5.05. They were fourth in runs on the road. And the Rockies are fortunate this game's at home because they were tenth in runs per game overall at 4.59, but they were second at Coors Field, scoring 5.63 runs per game at home. Yeah, I believe it was only either the Astros or Tampa Bay. I'll have to double-check. Uh, Bueller has pitched well against the Rockies in his career. He's seven and two with a four point three zero ERA, a one point zero seven one WHIP, twenty five walks and one hundred and fifteen whiffs over one hundred and thirteen innings and twenty two appearances, eighteen starts against the Rockies. 
Now, Colorado, you know, they don't have Arenado anymore because he left last year. They don't have Trevor Story. They do have Chris Bryant, who they signed to a surprising seven-year deal worth $182 million. That really surprised, I think, a lot of uh, the big uh, the front offices around baseball. Nobody expected he was going to get that kind of money at this point. Uh, but the Dodgers have a loaded lineup. Let's face it, you find the hole in it. Uh, because... It's going to be a challenge. Now, like Jim said, nobody's going to go 162. Nobody's going to go 162-0. and But the Dodgers are going to win a heck of a lot more than they're going to lose. Uh, they're 4-1 in their last five on the road against the lefty starter. They're 47-17 and in their last 64 overall. The Rockies 1-6 in their last seven against the NL West. 0-6 in their last six as an underdog. And the Dodgers have taken seven of the last nine meetings between these teams in Coors Field. Uh, I have to give the edge to Mueller on the mound over Freeland, and I have to think that the Dodgers lineup, uh, which we said is loaded from 1-9, to nine, starting with Mookie Betts and ending with whoever Dave Roberts wants to put in the ninth slot, uh, is more than capable of taking advantage of Colorado pitching, especially in the thin air of course field. I'm wondering, I just want to see Freddie Freeman in a Dodger unit. That's just going to weird, look weird to me. Well, I mean, it's no different than half these other guys. No, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying. It's just it's just he's been in a Braves uniform for so long. It's just, I mean, it's the same thing with Pujols. When Pujols left St. Louis and went to, you know, the Angels, it was just different to see, you know, them in a different uniform, that's all. In the case yeah, of Pujols, he didn't change colors. It just, it just went from, you know, from red to red. Yeah, starting lineup tonight or today for the Dodgers is going to be Betts, then Freeman, then Turner, then the other Turner, not Tina Turner, not Mike Turner, but Justin Turner. Uh, then Max Muncy will bat fifth. Uh, will Smith, the catcher, not the actor, will bat sixth. Uh, Chris Taylor, seventh. Cody Bellinger is going to hit eighth. And Gavin Lux will be playing second and hitting ninth. Uh, the starting lineup for the the Rockies, Charlie Blackman will lead it off with right field. Chris Bryant will play left and hit second. Uh, Brendan Rogers will hit third at second base. Then C.J. Crone, Ryan McMahon will hit fifth. Uh, what is this guy named Joe for the Rockies? Uh, he's at the D.H. I'm actually not 100% sure what his first name is. I know I've I know I've seen him before, but I know he doesn't have a, a big track record. As so, as, so is Will Smith a slap hitter? It could be. You never know. There you go. All right. Uh, that was but, you know, bad. That, Sorry, guys. Yeah. Then Randall Grychuk will play center. Uh, Elias Diaz will be the catcher. And Jose, don't call me Julio Iglesias, will be batting ninth playing short for the Rockies. Well, good luck for the Rockies at Coors Field. Um, that. That's, that's one of those wonderful places where it can be 75 today and it can be 41 and snowing the next morning. So you got to be careful over there. Yeah, let's see, let's see how the weather currently is at Coors Field. Because I'm guessing it's probably... It's currently 60. Uh-oh, okay. And tomorrow it's going to be 75. Oh, well, there you go. All right. And then Sunday it's going to be 56. Well, not a lot of humidity there, so we'll see. Now 14% they're projecting at the moment. Wow. And the wind had a ball, uh, a gusty three miles an hour. There you go. All right. Well, it'll be interesting to see. We'll see the Dodgers and the Rockies. Okay. So we go from the Dodgers and the Rockies, and 
I have a feeling we're headed to Nats Park for Max Scherzer hitting the hitting the mound tonight. Yep, the Mets. Uh, surprisingly, there's still value on the money line. It's plus one hundred, which is surprising after last night's five one win for the Mets. Scherzer was fifteen and four with a two forty six ERA and 0-64 WHIP over one seventy nine in the third inning split between the Dodgers and the Nats last year. Uh, Josiah Gray, who I believe came. Over to Washington. He's the guy who got traded over in that deal, yeah. That's what I thought. Uh, two and two with a 548 ERA, 1358 with over 70 and two third innings, 14 appearances, 13 starts. Uh, the Mets were 27th in runs per game last year at 393. So, hey, look, they, they got five yesterday, which we cause for celebration in Flushing, Queens. Uh, they were 23rd on the road at 4.11. The Nats were averaged 4.47 runs a game last year. Uh, they were 20th in runs per game at home, 4-3-2. Mets 5-1 in their last six as a favorite. The Nats 6-21 in their last 27 at home. 1-4 in their last five after giving up five or more. 1-4 in their last five when their opponent scores five or more, which makes sense since there's only one game. They're 1-4 in their last five at home against a right-handed starter. The Mets have won nine of the last 12 games between these teams. Jim, how long is the leash on Davey Martinez? He's got this year. I mean, this year was um, was a situation where when I say they, he's got this year, he's not going to be fired. The the whole thing with the Nationals this year was to take a look at what they've got. Uh, they've got a whole bunch of guys they want to see. Victor Robles is he going to make it? Carter Kybel is he going to make it? Who are these Victor guys? Robles. They've been counting on him for like fifty years now. Uh, and so at the end of the day, the 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 concept was let's take this year, take a breath. And see how things go, and then we're going to get back. You know, we're going to get back into the race. The other thing is, we don't know where you know, where Strasburg is either. I mean, uh, yeah, since twenty nineteen, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, you're looking at a guy who won the, you know, won uh, the MVP in the World Series, and since that time has not made it to May, uh, through May, I should say, uh, in either twenty nineteen or twenty twenty. Uh, so here we are, or, I'm sorry, 2020 and 2021. I had a COVID brain there for a second. I couldn't remember what passed the COVID situation. But, yeah, I mean, the Nationals are, they know what they're doing from the standpoint of they know that they're expecting not to win a lot of games. They're expected to, le- to learn about the team. And then, uh, you know, they've spent in the past, so they will go back and spend again. They just want to... You know, they didn't want to put a Band-Aid on a problem. You know, they just wanted to see where they are. They're going to find out. So we'll see. Uh, it could be a very rocky ride, or it could be, you know, they could overperform and, and they could find out where this team is. But uh, it's going to be a tough and a very long season for those of us who, uh, you know, enjoy watching Washington play baseball. So we shall see. Uh, Bill. Bill's asking, are we fanning John Means, who's taking the mound for the Orioles today against the Rays? Uh, from a personal perspective, I am. Means is 3-5 and five with a 467 earned run average and a 1173 whip in 15 appearances against Tampa Bay in his career. Uh, I know Baltimore is trying to improve. Um, they've got a lot of young guys. He's 1-4 with a 667 earned run average at the Trump. Six appearances, five starts, spanning twenty-seven innings. Um, let's face it, this is this is the kind of game Tampa Bay wants to open up with. 
they're facing, you know, obviously the worst team in the AL East. I'm not going to say they're necessarily the worst team in the American League because they've actually tried to make moves to improve things. Um, but let's face it, Baltimore is probably, what, two or three years away from contention at this point. The, the, the problem is you can't do what Baltimore's doing and compete in that division. You just can't. Uh, they can't out Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay when it comes to, you know, um, from the standpoint of learning how to develop young players. They waste a lot of time and money by not doing anything in the in the uh, international market. I mean, that's where, if you look at the, where are the great young players that are in baseball now? They're all, they're all from either the Dominican or, you know, in the case of Otani from, from Japan. So, um, if you don't spend a lot of money or time in that area, you know, what do you got? You don't have much. And I don't see anything that excites me on, on that roster at this point. And I don't see any reason to believe that they're going to get any better. You know, could they win four or five more games than they did last year? Yeah, probably. Are they going to be a contender? No. Not even. Yeah, it looks, like, it looks like the Orioles starting lineup today. Cedric Mullins at center, Ryan Mountcastle at first, Trey Mancini. Good to see he's back. He's a good, you know, you got to, I mean, you root for a guy like that. I mean, he, yeah, he's, he's a DH. Austin Hayes and right, Anthony Santander and left, Ramon Urias in second, played second. Jorge Mateo at short. Robinson Chirinos behind the plate. Uh, and Kelvin Gutierrez playing third. Uh, since McClanahan is a lefty for Tampa Bay, Baltimore's going with a right-handed heavy lineup. Uh, I'm surprised that, uh, you know, we're not going to see Adley Rushman out there. Meanwhile, uh, Tampa Bay, Andy Diaz at third, Franco playing short, Harold Ramirez playing first and hitting third, and apparently they're not going with G-Man Choi. Uh, Randy Arrazarena playing left, Brandon Lowe at second, Mike Zanino behind the plate, Josh Lowell, DH. Uh, Manny Margot, remember how everybody thought he was a campus project or prospect a few years ago? Uh, out there at right, and Kevin Kiermaier old man at night to play center, uh, taking care of business. Uh, former gold lover. Yeah. Of course, you know, the Orioles, you know, I would fade John Means. You know, we know how bad Baltimore's pitching is. The Means probably won't go that long, I can't imagine, because everybody's going to try and limit pitchers, and, you know. Well, I mean, the Orioles have a couple of good little players. I mean, that Santander kid is a, is a good little player. Uh, so it's not like they don't have talent. It's just they don't have enough. Yeah, and that's going to be the I think that's going to be the issue. I think Tampa Bay should get four or five, six runs in this one. Um, I just don't have a ton of faith in Baltimore. Uh, Jim, what do you think? Will Tampa Bay go over four and a half runs tonight? I think they're going to get at least five. They're, this is funny because this is a team that, remember, Tampa Bay used to play defense and get pitching, right? And last year they were among the leaders in scoring runs. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think getting over four, I mean, the good news for them is, you know, they're starting at home, so it's not like they had to move, go north. To get, they, they went north from Port Charlotte, 100 miles north, to St. Petersburg. But, yeah, they should they should have no trouble. Um, I don't think Means is the kind of guy who's going to stop a lot of it. So, yeah, they should, they, should, they should score four or five runs today. Yeah, Tampa Bay was second in the majors last year, averaging 5.28 runs a game behind only Houston. Which is a surprise, because that is not the way normally – you know, Tampa Bay would win. They played with solid defense pitching, and they'd, they'd get you 2-1 to one or 3-2 to two or something like that. But, 
last year they, they were able to to actually out-muscle uh, the, the Yankees. True. So, there you go. All right, so let's go to the ice. we got some uh, games in hockey tonight. That's true. There are. I heard rumors. Uh, yep. Speaking of exactly that about the Hurricanes, I like them tonight over the Islanders. Like I said, we know that Carolina played last night. They beat Buffalo 5-3 at home. Uh, the Islanders 32-28-9 overall. They're 14-15-5 on the road. Carolina 46-17-8. and eight. They're 26-6-4 on home ice this season. Uh, Ilya Sorokin 22-14-7 with a 230 goals against the 927 same percentage and six shutouts. In net for the Isles against Frederick Anderson 33-12-3 with a 207 goals against the 926 same percentage and four shutouts. Uh, the Islanders 23rd and Bulls 4 at 2.77. They're fourth and Bulls against 2.65. Carolina 8th and Bulls 4 at 332. Uh, first and Bulls against the 238. So this is Barry Trotz's kind of game, you know, neutral zone trap, dump it in and hope that, you know, your goaltending holds up because Carolina's stingy defensively, too. Uh, the problem for the Islanders is Carolina can like the lamp with some sort of consistency, something the Islanders have lacked all season long. Going back to that season opening, what was it, 13 game road trip or whatever it was? Something like that. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was a long trip, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah, Carolina 6 and 1 in their last seven on Friday, 5 and 1 in their last six when their opponent scores two or less. Uh, they're coming, Isles coming off a 3 2 road loss to Dallas. Um, Carolina 4 and 1 in their last five against teams with a losing record. The Isles 4 and 14. Last 18 is a road underdog. 7 and 25 in their last 32 with a winning record. And 5 and 22 in their last 27 as an underdog. As Sly said, Jacques Lemaire would be proud of this game. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sure Little Ramarillo will uh, probably call up Lemaire during the contest and, you know, come to tune in because uh, it's probably going to be a low scoring game, especially with Carolina playing the second second night in a row, mm-hmm. uh, and the Islanders struggling to score anyway. Right. So, unlike many of the games we've had where it's been, you know, we were just talking about uh, whether Tampa Bay would get uh, four or five runs today. Uh, we were, we've been talking recently about, you know, hockey games that are 6-5 and 7-2 and, you know, getting some big scores in, uh, in there. But, uh, yeah, that, this one definitely looks like a... Uh, and we're getting to that time of the year, too, where we're almost to the playoffs and, and teams are starting to, to really kind of tighten up the defense and play you know, play closer games. And Carolina looks like they're in, the, in this catbird seat to get to basically get that one seat. So. Yeah. And before we move to the other game, Jim, let's uh, take a minute and congratulate Austin Matthews of the Maple Leafs, uh, who scored twice last night, giving him 56 mm-hmm. on the year. Uh, so he, not only did he break Rick Vives' team record of 54, set back in 81-82, mm-hmm. he now has scored the most goals in a season by any American-born player in the history of the National Hockey League. Mm-hmm. Well, good. I mean, wow, that's that's all good news. And it's good to see that, you know, that, um, you know, it's good to see the Leafs. The, hockey is better when the Leafs are playing well. And the Canadians are playing bad. That's what it's about. Well, I, I, I'm not going to go that far because I have a lot of friends in, in Montreal. But, you know, at I least. I know. So it works. Okay, good for you. By the way, Elliot, look, we are from, you're taking Baltimore. 
we get it, that's fine. First five innings, that's probably smart. Um, we just give you the information, buddy. And uh, if you want to go that route, hey, go for it. You know, we're not always right. You never know. All right. So, from Hurricanes and Islanders, we're going to the Panthers and the Sabres. This is a... This is a... I told you that money line was big. Yeah. I was That's an ugly, ugly money line. It is. Uh, the puck line's better. Yeah, not, it's not, not great, much it's better. better. But, yeah. yeah, the Sabres 26, 35, and 11. They're 12, 18, and 5 on the road. Uh, Florida 49, 15, and 6. And we've talked all season long about how well they are on home ice. They're 29, 6, and 0 on home ice this season. Dustin Tukarski, 7, 10, and 5 with the 324 goals against the 901 save recession. One shutout for the Buffalo. They expect to be in between the pipes. Good old Sergei Bobrovsky, who we saw get yanked in that game the other night. 33, 6, and 3 with the 271 goals against the 911 save recession. Three shutouts. It's, nice, it's great to have a pretty record like that, but when you're getting four or five goals a night supporting you, it's kind of hard to not have a good record. Uh, Buffalo 25th in goals for at 274, 27 goals against at three and a half. Florida leads the league in goals per game, Jim, 4.16, mm-hmm. uh, which offsets the fact that they're a middle-of-the-road team defensively, giving up 2.94 games, which is 14th. Florida's 44-9 in the last 53 as a home favorite. 23 and 5 in their last 28 against the East. They're 43 and 10 in their last 53 at home. They're 7 and 2 in their last night after giving up five or more. So when they give up five, they still come back and win games anyway. Mm-hmm. Buffalo 33 and 92 in their last 125 on the road. So we're talking about three seasons worth of road games here, basically. Uh, 17 and 47 in their last 64 against teams with a winning record. 9 and 24 in the third game of the three night. Or three game and four night situation, and they're one and seven. Last eight meetings in Florida. If those numbers weren't bad enough for you, we'll throw in one more. Uh, we talked about how the Panthers lead the league in goals for when it comes to playing at the uh, what is it, the FLA Live Arena. Yeah, that's what, what they call it the, this week. Whatever the dump is in, in Sunrise, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Florida puts up a robust. 4.74 goals a night at home. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, uh, they aver- the average total of a Florida home game is 7.63. So, Which that's yeah, more than the crowd. Yeah. yeah, I know that the over the over under is 7 in that game, but mm-hmm. you know, they scored, they had a combined 8 the other day in Buffalo, so watch out. Could be another, could be another. Nice scoring affair there. Well, we're getting down to the end of the NBA season, which comes on Sunday, right? Sunday? Yes. So what we're about to show you is the final the final gasps for a couple of teams as we get ready for the NBA playoffs, uh, as they get ready to get started soon. And so let's go to the hardwood, my friend. What's going on on the association tonight? Well, you got the Nets and the Cavs coming in from the Barclays Center tonight. The Nets... Uh... Currently eighth in the Eastern Conference playoff picture, they're tied with the Hawks. Funny thing is, who knows what's going to happen in the play-in tournament? Because here's the records for these four teams: Cleveland is the seventh seed right now; they're forty-three and thirty-seven. Right. Brooklyn is the eighth seed; they're forty-two and thirty-eight. Atlanta's the ninth seed; they're forty-two and thirty-eight. And Charlotte is tenth; they're forty-one and thirty-nine. Okay. So there's. There's two games separating those four teams. 
Uh, With two games to play. Right, so these things can jump. You can see Cleveland played in the 9-10 game. Mm -hmm. You can see in the Nets and the Hawks play in the 7-8 game. Who knows? Um, I'm not uh, feeling Cleveland tonight here. If you look, the Cavs on the road, they've had some struggles. They've lost two in a row coming into this one. Quick look at the injury report. says Jared Allen still not playing uh, with that broken finger for the Cavs. Evan Mobley, at least, is questionable. Uh, Meanwhile, for Brooklyn, you won't see Goran Dragic, who's still in the protocols. Seth Curry is probable tonight. He's been upgraded, which can only help uh, Brooklyn's chances here. Mm-hmm. And that's coming off that big comeback win the other night against uh, the Knicks. Feel bad for Tony. Uh, and that's ninth in scoring offense at 112.6. Their fourth in field goal percentage at 47.3. Cleveland fourth in scoring defense at 105.4. But the problem is the Cavs don't score a lot of points. 25th in the league at 107.5 points a game, despite shooting 46.8% from the field, which is a respectable number. Mm-hmm. Uh, McLean with 19-51-2 against the spread in their last 72 after an ATS loss. They're 2-8 and eight against the spread in their last 10 overall. They're 1-4 against the spread in their last 5 against teams with a winning straight-up record. 1-5 in their last 6 after a straight-up loss. And 1-5 against the spread in their last 6 on the road. Uh, things not looking good for Cleveland. You know, they were great early in the season. They were sitting, what, second in the East for a while. Mm-hmm. And then reality set in. And unfortunately, reality continues tonight. <laughs> That's the terrible thing about reality. It happens every day. Uh, so the Nets and the Cavs and what, uh, as you said, uh, it's a scramble for seeding in the uh, in the East. So, from Brooklyn and Cleveland, we go to. Let's see, where do we go? We'll find out together. Yeah, we're going to go to Toronto. Whoa. That's now another talk, ugly number. Yeah, it actually went down. <laughs> so, I mean, that's something. Yeah. Uh, but Toronto, you know, they beat Philadelphia last night. I don't know if you saw any of the Philadelphia game. No, Jim, I didn't. Uh, there was one point late in the game, I think Philadelphia was down couple of points. James Harden did his patented step back three and airballed it. Maybe you should have stepped forward a couple of feet. Yeah, it was horrible. I mean, and then, you know, so they lost one, I think it was 119, 114, something like that. Uh, but, you know, it was a, a tough loss for uh, the 76ers who now dropped to fourth mm-hmm. in the East. They're 49 and 31. Boston is 50 and 31. Milwaukee is 50 and 30. Um, Miami, 52 and 28 um, at this point, which is a, a good thing for them. I believe, like Bill said, that Miami has now clinched the they, top seed in the East. They did last night. Okay, so, yeah, I'm guessing that. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do now. Uh, I know Tim was saying that Miami didn't want to have the, uh, the top seed, but, you know, sometimes... That's Somebody has play. to have it. Yep. Uh, but in this one, you know, Toronto, 20th in scoring offense, but they're playing a Houston team that is dead last in the league in scoring defense at 118.1 points a game. They're dead last in field goal percentage defense at 48.3. They're not great offensively. You look at the injury report for the Rockets, they've ruled out again uh, Eric Gordon, uh, Dennis Schroeder, and Christian Wood. So you're going to see a lot of Kevin Porter Jr., 
uh, Jalen uh, Green, Alfred Seguin, or whatever his name is. Um, basically, a bunch of guys that they're just throwing out there to try and get minutes. Uh, the only big missing piece for Toronto is OG Ananobi. Uh, he's out with a quad contusion. Uh, Precious Achua is questionable to the Hebrews. Personally, Precious Achua should be sitting on the bench after he decided to commit a foul with his team up uh, 70 points with 20 seconds to go. Why you foul Joel Embiid on a three when didn't matter? Uh, you know, he needs to slap that kid around and get him to make him realize uh, game situation. You know, you can't teach a witness. Uh, the first five of one, their last six against teams with a losing record. And when you look at Houston, they're 20 and 16. You can't get much losier than that. Uh, Houston, 3 and 10 in their last 13 after an ATS win. 1 and 6 against the spread in their last seven as a road underdog. And 0 and 4 in their last four on the road against teams with a winning home record. I don't think. I know Toronto played, I know Toronto played yesterday, but they should have no problem dispatching a bad Houston team. I don't think um, Toronto can catch Philly. Well, they're two games back with two to go. Right, so... Let me, let me see um, what the head-to-heads were between them. So, they may they may be just stuck in the... And I don't think Chicago can catch um, Toronto, so... No, they're two back of them as well. Yeah. Uh, well, Toronto won three of four in the regular season series this year, so if Philadelphia were to drop two in a row... Right. Well, two more in a row, and Toronto to win out... And they would both be 49 and 33. And right. I would think you would have to give the advantage to Toronto because right. of the head matchups. Because of the matchups, yeah. So. Otherwise, well, either way, it's basically going to be those two teams playing in the first round. Right. If, like, things, play, if things hold the way if they every, If everything goes the way they, you know, if it goes, as we like to say, coming off of March Madness, if it goes chalk, that's what, that's what we're going to see. Right. So, if we go chalk, that's it. And I know it's stunning news for everybody, but LeBron James will miss the final two games of the regular season right. uh, for the Lakers. He'll be sitting in Beverly Hills watching him on television, or in uh, what was it? One of our one of our observers out there uh, like to say that LeBron likes to sit on the bench with sunglasses and watch the game. So yeah, maybe maybe he will be on the bench with sunglasses. You never know. Uh, Anthony Davis, Carmelo Anthony, and Russell Westbrook also not playing tonight for the Lakers. And most of the season they didn't play, so I guess it's only apropos. And what's funny is the Lakers actually looked good for three quarters without those guys yesterday. <laughs> well, there you go. Shows you something right there. All right, moving on. So two for the money. Two for the money, yep. The slice says Raptors for the upset over the 76ers who are chokers until they prove otherwise. Hmm. We will see. Uh, we talked about these, the Panthers over the Sabres, the Hurricanes over the Islanders. I don't think we need to touch a whole lot about those games You can again. just skip over that Mets game. And, uh, go yeah, we'll, we'll skip over the Mets game for Jim. <laughs> and uh, the Blue Jays, it's going to be Jose Barrios in the start against John Gray and the New Look Rangers. Here's the thing with the Rangers. They spent a whole bunch of money signing a new middle infield. Um, the problem is uh, they still have holes in the rest of their lineup. And their pitching's not all that great. I mean, come on. They signed John Gray. Uh, Everybody likes the Blue Jays. Yeah, I think Toronto, you know, they've, they've got another team with a loaded lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got a ton of talent there. you got Vlad Guerrero, Bo Bichette, and uh, Springer, and Hernandez, and Curiel, and 
Now you got uh, Chapman from the A's in that lineup. That's going to be a dangerous lineup. I think the Blue Jays should get the win over Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marcus Simeon gets to come back to his old stopping grounds because, of course, you know he played for Toronto last year before leaving for a uh, what was it, seven years, hundred and seventy-five million dollars or something like it that. It was a it was a pretty healthy contract. Yeah, it was a nice chunk of change. Mm-hmm. It's good money if you can get it. That's right. But yeah, I think Toronto will get the win. Let's go four for the show. Yeah, we talked about the Dodgers already. Um, they should beat up Colorado. I think the game's starting, at, I think, at 4-10 Eastern, so we still got time. Um, the Rams, minus 11 over Houston. Tampa Bay over Boston. The Lightning really need this win if they uh, want to uh, right the ship because they really struggled. And, you know, they want to avoid falling into a wild card spot. You look in the Atlantic right now. Uh, Florida has 104, Toronto has 98, and these two teams tied with 93 points apiece. So one of these teams is going to be a wild card team uh, after tonight. The other one will be in third place. Um, there, there was a, a real quick um, piece in the, uh, in the Tampa Bay newspaper, the Tampa Bay Times this morning, that said that Vasilevsky has played 52 more games than, than uh, any other uh, goalkeeper in the NHL over the, because of the playoffs in the last two seasons. Oh, yeah, for and sure. So he's, he's probably, probably, you know, the guy's probably tired. Yeah, I mean, it's going to wear on you. Like you mm-hmm. said, you play that many games. Uh, I'm surprised that they haven't gone more with, uh, what is it, Elliot is their backup now? Well, just to, just to give Vasilevsky a blow. You know, just say, hey, you know, take a day off or two. Yeah, because he's playing in 55 of the 70 games this year right. already. Uh, and just looking back at his numbers in, re- in the last couple of years, uh, like you're saying, last year in the regular season, he played 42, but it was a shortened season. Right. Uh, he played, he's already played, he played 52 in 1920, 53 in 1819. And then that doesn't even count, like you said, the playoffs, because mm-hmm. in the playoffs, he played pretty much. Every game. He played yeah, 25 games last year, twenty or 25 two years ago, 23 last year. So you're talking about 48 playoff games in just the last two seasons, like mm-hmm. Ray was talking about the other day, right. and Sean was talking about as well. Mm-hmm. You know, That's more than half a season. Yeah. On top of what you've already played. Mm-hmm. You so. have to think it's going to wear you down sooner or later. Yeah. Uh, so Tampa Bay might be wise for John Cooper to give him a couple of a couple breathers down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think he's supposed to start but not tonight. tonight. Against, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think he's going to start tonight against Linus Olmark, yeah. I think it is, for Boston. And I know that the Heat have nothing to play for, but I just think, you know, they're getting points. And Atlanta's been so freaking streaky, it's hard to put a ton of faith in uh, Atlanta at this point of the season. Um, I know that the Hawks are playing for something, but, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot. We've seen them lose to bad teams. They lost to Portland, mm-hmm. among others. Uh, I'll take the points and hope that Miami doesn't decide to pitch everybody. <laughs> I think you're Which safe. Which is always possible. I think you're safe. I, I don't think Spolstra, you know, he's from the Pat Riley school. You can't have enough wins. I mean, you never know with the way some of these teams are. Yeah. You know, They've got six guys that are listed as questionable as it is. Right. Uh, Deadman and 
whoever the hell Haywood Highsmith is, who I've never heard of. Yeah. And that's saying something because I've seen a lot of these guys. I know. Kayla Martin, Marquise Morris, Gabe I, Vincent, and Omar in year seven. He's, he uh, came out of the which, witness relocation program to play for the Heat. Yeah. Uh, so I'd like the replacements with right. uh, Keanu Roy Reeves. Smith yeah. or whatever his name was. All right. Yeah. Well, it says that he's been a, a, stand of the, a resident of the state of Maryland for the past two years, six months, and 14 days. I told you. And he likes embroidery. Well, that's good to know. And long walks on the beach. So there you, there you go. go. <laughs> All right, let's go for the, the big show, Shot in the Dark. Yeah, I like Tampa Bay over Baltimore. Uh, that game's going to start shortly. Uh, I think Tampa Bay can cover the run line. Baltimore's bullpen is a, it shambles. Uh, I don't think, you know, Dylan Tate and Paul Fry and those guys are going to keep Tampa Bay in check. Uh, I'm going to go back to San Francisco or San Diego over Arizona. You know, Darvish pitched well yesterday and got shafted. Maybe Sean Medea making his Padres debut will have better luck uh, with the bullpen for San Diego. Uh, I'm going to take Houston, who is actually an underdog in this game, which is weird. I guess the Angels is going to be uh, Jake, Oder- Jake Overeasy. Uh, another former race uh, pitcher against Reed Detmers because they flipped, after I wrote the article for Winners and Winners, it was supposed to be Patrick Sandoval, and then they flipped him out. Uh, so Sandoval will go Tuesday. Uh, we talked about the Nets and the Cavs. Dallas favored by 655 points over a Portland team that has no players. Uh, we talked about Portland numerous times of late. Guess what? Portland still hasn't gotten any better in case you were scoring at home. Trailblazers coming in with nine straight losses coming into this game. They're 27 and 53. Uh, Portland last last uh, nine games they've lost by 37, 19, 17. They lost to the Thunder by three, uh, by 10, by 19, by 21. They lost to the Thunder by four. See a pattern here? The only team they can play close against is the Thunder because Oklahoma City has no players either. Uh, and then they lost by 33 points to New Orleans last night. So, not looking good for Portland. I don't need to tell you the injury report we went over yesterday. Uh, if you want to know who's out, watch yesterday's show when we talked about Portland because all the same guys are missing. Yeah, just re-racked it. Dallas won't have Marquise Chris or Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, Maxi Klima is questionable. But guess what? They still have Luka Doncic. Uh, and that's probably enough to beat Portland 1-on-5. Um, going down the list there in the really exciting game of the night you got Washington Wizards and the New York Knicks I know Jim you've got the DVR set for that one. Oh yeah wouldn't miss it uh, for the world mm. quick look at the injury report in case anybody cared Darlene's Noel and Trent Ambridge Mitchell Robinson Derek Rose and Kim Walker all out for the Knicks Quentin Grimes is questionable with a sore knee uh, for the Wiz Bradley Beal still out, of course. Kuzma out. Uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope is going to be rested. And Porzingis is now ruled out for knee injury maintenance. In other words, we know we're not going to the playoffs. We don't care. So, good seats still available. Plenty. For like three bucks. Uh, The Blues, I'm going to take it home over the Wild. St. Louis plays well at the Enterprise Center. Uh, I'd seen James would ask you if we thought that game was going to go over the total. I think it will. Which one? Uh, the, 
Blues. Oh, the Blues. Okay. Yeah, I, I think you look at recent meetings between those teams. Uh, seen a lot of high-scoring contests. Uh, just take a quick look here. Coming into this one, Minnesota has been an under-machine of late, but if you go and look at the head-to-head matchups, uh, New Year's Day was, of course, the, the uh, winter classic. Remember when I was outside, it was like negative six. Uh, that game ended up six to four. Um, yeah, the seven to three game in May last year. Basically, five of the last six meetings between these teams has gone over the total. I think this one will, will be similar. One other stat to throw out there about that. Minnesota 11-1-1 is going over the total in their last 13 after being held in two bowls or less in their last game. The over 7-1-1 one one in Minnesota's last nine after a loss by at least three goals. Look for a, another entertaining high-scoring affair there. Goaltenders expected to be Cam Talbot and Billy Husso. So yeah, sure, trade for Marc-Andre Fleury and then don't play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I went with the Avalanche here, but I'm I was shaking about it. That's why it's down here and not supposed to be up near the top. I just think Winnipeg can play up to the competition. And I look for that to be another high-scoring game as well. Uh, you know, Colorado can score. Winnipeg can score when they want to. Um, just take a quick look. Uh, Winnipeg, head-to-head matchups of late. The last three meetings between these teams have gone over the total. We've seen 11 eight and nine goals in those three games uh, makes six seem downright low when you get right down to it. Darcy Kemper and Connor Hellebuck expected to be between the pipes in this contest. The, um, I was just making a quick look here, and uh, at the moment, uh, Tiger Woods, who stunned everybody yesterday by having an outstanding, uh, you know, one under at Augusta um, is playing the fourth hole at Augusta right now. He's at plus three, and oh, he's, he's had a rough start. He's had a rough start. Um, the afternoon at Augusta is a lot different than playing in the morning, and uh, so he's behind. He's tied at thirty-one at this point in time, um, and uh, but still, all in all, uh, even if he misses the cut, uh, playing. As well as he did yesterday, and uh, you know, he still has plenty of holes to play. It's early in the round for him, so he's playing the afternoon round there, at Augusta. It's going to be windy, and that might be a little bit of a problem for him. So we'll see how that plays out. So uh, that's definitely an interesting storyline. Uh, and on the diamond, the Red Sox have just taken a four-three lead in the top of the sixth. They are now going to the bottom of the sixth. Alex Verdugo drove in the go-ahead run there. The game had been three-three. Fourth inning. It was 3 2 after 1. So. There you go. Both teams have forgotten the score. And the White Sox leading the Tigers in the bottom of the sixth, uh, 3 to nothing. The Tigers have, to quote Bob Euchre as Harry Doyle of Major League, one hit. That's all we got. One goddamn hit. That's it. Alas, that's all we got. Look, let's watch the entire you know Max Wagers lineup, guys, uh, starting Monday, midday. Money with Sean Higgs, noon to uh, 1 o'clock. Then we got Allie Burns from 1 to 2. We're here from 2 to 3. Scott and Scott holding down the fort from 3 to 4. And then game time decisions. Nick, Tim, and Lenny at 5. So 
I'm sure he's I'm sure he's less than pleased, but Javier Baez in his Tigers debut has whiffed twice in two advance. Whoops. Alright, well there you go. What is down at Austin Meadows do? That was a, a uh last he just pickup. drew his second walk. Okay. Well he's on base twice. Yep, he flew to left and then he's walked twice, so the Tigers now have two on and nobody out in sixth. There you go. Well, We'll see. We'll keep a. We bring up Javier Baez. Yeah, come on, Lenny. All right, guys. Any final questions before we get out of here on a Friday game? Anything we haven't seen from the from the class? I think we got everything. Got them all. Uh, Anybody that's looking for exciting stuff about NASCARs, Steen Reichel and I will be on sometime after four p.m. Talk about this week's race, which I think is. I have to look and see where it is. I always do the research after the show and before that show. Oh, it's at Martinsville. That's right. Oh, that's a that's close. All right, that's a that's a tough track. Yeah, but that's the good part about it. You know, we talked about last week in Richmond where they made fun of me for picking all the old guys, and you know, uh, Harvick finished second, and mm-hmm. Kyle Busch was in the top ten, and you well, know, Joe Gibbs, up, you yeah, know. the Joe Gibbs yeah. car won. Toyota yeah, Denny, I think it was Hamlin, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was Denny, Denny won, um, and Kevin finished second. So, yeah, it could have, they could have done, it, done things the other way. Martinsville, there are people with backyards bigger than Martinsville. That's a, that's a very, very tough track to, to, uh, to race on. So it would be interesting. So by all means, check you guys out. Uh, mm-hmm. Before five o'clock, sometime, you know, check it out. And if yeah, you miss it, sometime before, sometime before Tim and Nick and Detroit Lenier uh, show up. Okay. Well, look, guys, have a great weekend. Uh, plenty of baseball over the weekend. Uh, we already told you today that there's going to be a doubleheader on Apple TV. You don't have to worry about Peacock for a while. That doesn't happen until May, and we'll let you know about them, uh, you know, in advance. All those games are free streaming, so you can you can watch them. And uh, we'll be back uh, by the time we come back on Monday. We will know who's in the playoffs in the NBA. Yeah, we'll get to see the, the play-in tournament matchups and all that because I think those don't start until, what is it, Wednesday? I think the play-in tournament starts Wednesday. Yeah, I think so. Don't forget to go to the show box below for three things, all right? Number one, what you want to do is you want to see, you know, our buddies at Caesars. They've got that great promo going on. Number two, you want to get a free baseball book that we are putting out, and everybody, you know, loves it. It's over 100 pages. Chris uh, spent a lot of time working on it, so please check that out. It's free, and it's very helpful, and you'll enjoy it. And then if you want Chris's parlays, that's where you get them. You go in the show box below. Click on, it's got all the information on how to have the parlays sent directly to your email box every day. So there's that. So there's three good reasons to go to the show box below. And on the way down, hit that like button, the subscribe button, ring the bell, so that you can be with us every day at 2 o'clock, okay? Monday through Friday right here on the Max Wagers Network. So for Chris King, I'm Jim Williams saying so long, everybody. We will see you on Monday, and we hope that you have a very nice and safe weekend, okay? Take care, everybody.
We'll see you on Monday.